Hi, I'm Scotty from Strange Parts, and you're listening to the Scene World Podcast. It's the Scene World Podcast. I'm AJ. That is Jurg over that away. And on this beautiful day, we are recording an intro for the podcast in which we speak to... 8 p.m. Yeah. Our day is over. Well, mine is just starting. It's like like almost 2, 2 p.m. here. Starting? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. afternoon, man. That means it's going towards the end. It's my, it's my day off from work. I didn't get up until like two hours ago, so... Oh. Well, see, these, see these bags under my eyes? I'd have to check these bags at an airport because they're too big for carry-on. Whoa. <laughs> okay. Um, but anyway, so in a second, we are talking to Mr. Mobile, Michael Fisher. Also known as Captain Two Phones, depending yes. on which channel you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I actually didn't know that he has so many brands and stuff, but he has. Yes, and we learned about over that there. during the interview. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which will be happening in just a second. Before that, though, we got a little bit of news. I'm actually going to start this one off before we pop sure. over to yours. Um, so, uh, do you play? Uh, do you play Wordle? No, neither do I. And I and I and I see. I know uh, what it is. Yeah. I don't really know what it is. I see people posting about it, and it annoys me a lot. Um, but I don't actually like. I don't play the game, and I don't know anything about it. But, um. But Megastyle has brought it to the C64 um, in the form of a game called Turtle, and that's T-U-R-D-L-E, as in turd. And I don't know if you can. I'm gonna. I'm gonna move my webcam. Hang. Hang on to your. Uh, I can't. I don't know if you can tell, but the turtle is a poop. Mm, makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So. Mm. After that shaky cam experience, so um, yes, it's a very cute looking game uh, called Turtle for the C sixty four, and it is. But you will put in a proper. I will put in a proper. <laughs> yeah, right now people will be looking at an actual, the actual picture of the game and the actual picture of the poop turtle because it's much better resolution than my webcam is going to be looking at the screen. It looks, yeah, it looks like it. And we'll also put a link to where people can download it. Um, I guess that there, it's not exactly a one-to-one cop. It's it's pretty much the same game apparently, but there are just it's just enough to where they're not going to get sued, I guess. So that's cool. That's a game that's been released on the 64. Um, nice. And there's another one that just came out of nowhere. Apparently, everyone was kind of surprised by it. Um, it's a. a um, a C64 game has appeared, uh, and it's called T-Rex 64, um, by three guys, Matt, I can't pronounce these, I'm not even going to try, um, and it is a con- another conversion of a game that exists, it is a conversion of the cro- the Easter egg in the Chrome browser. So, um, you're a little dinosaur, and you have to jump over, um, jump over things and duck under birds and stuff. Nice. And so it's the original game was an Easter egg in Chrome featuring a T-Rex and it's only accessible when you are not connected to the internet apparently. Um so but this has uh 14 levels, three distinct worlds. 
um, dedicated music, joystick and keyboard support. Um, nice. And we'll put links, and you'll be probably looking at a video of it playing, and we'll put links to where you can download it and check it out down below. Awesome. And awesome. now I will... Uh, pop the news over to you well um a while ago we spoke to scott miller you know about um apogee entertainment yes. being back i and was in i was in the outer banks sitting on a balcony getting winded on right exactly <laughs> i mean you are a vip <laughs> what do you think is growing along the uh the uh the boom in indie development I had to um, mute it because a helicopter kept going overhead. And uh, he also mentioned uh, Turbo Overkill. Mm -hmm. And actually today they released a demo of Turbo Overkill on Steam. Oh, okay. So go and download and try that out. Awesome. We'll put so, it right down there. This way, this way we covered PC retro and indie mm -hmm. stuff. <laughs> yes. And um, also... There was an article from Kotaku um, Kotaku that yeah. actually made uh, German news also, um, actually um, a seller, so a, a shop from what I understood, hmm. um, found hundreds of sealed retro 90s games that were just... Um, publicly revealed could be worth a million bucks they write really a factory sealed copy of chrono triggers this is just one part of the incredible hall and they show a picture wow and um yeah the picture i've seen has like real dated stuff like nhl 95 and 94 yeah which i've learned from trying to sell a NHL 2006 online for PlayStation that, like, once the year that it was released is over, nobody wants the game. Yeah, I know. It's, it's <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I'm also not a big fan of Genesisters. Neither, um, Neither am not, I. Not, not because of how, how the inputs work. That doesn't really bother me. But I don't really like the game itself pretty much. Neither do I. But I, but, I, we but agree on I this. do have a copy on disc because it's rare. Yeah. And it's um, one of those things like Hugo, the stroll from Denmark that was um, a TV show even in USA, UK, Germany, whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I also got a copy of the cartridge for the 64 because they were at that time, like 15 years ago, they were only like five units left to be known to be mm. in existence so i got one and um and well so and it's it appears according to the article that this is courtesy of games room hmm. um a three outpost video game retailer based in nebraska house owner chris Thompson is serving as a liaison for the sale okay so um, more about that can be seen if you um, go to their news article and read about it hmm. or look at um, the Games Room YouTube video. Yeah, they, they mentioned in the article, I'm looking at it now, that um, just last year uh, a copy of The Legend of Zelda sold for almost $900,000. Mm. And... Yeah, well, that's another thing. That's the grading bubble yeah. that's supposed to burst. But mm. that's not about the grading bubble here. 
um, you know, Vata Games, the creating bubble that um, was from um, created from Vata Games and mm. um, this auction house, Heritage, I think it's is the is the name. Right, right, right. And um, we spoke about that. <clears throat> we spoke about that in our last episode with Kelsey Lewin as mm. well. And, and but but this is actually just this article is not about the creating bubble, but about the actual um, real second-hand market mm -hmm. being um, much more valuable than right. before the pandemic because of peaked interest since the pandemic people want to relive their past are stuck at home and stuff yeah you know it's, um, and it's interesting uh, that you mentioned that because you know you and i are very different in how we collect games like you you have gianna sisters because it's a rare a rare game you collect the rarities and stuff whereas a lot of the stuff yeah, that but, i collect but here's the thing i'm a I'm a rarity collector. Collector. I only buy things that are rare when they appear at a reasonable price. Right. Yes. Right. Of course. That yes. means sometimes it takes me ten years. Mm -hmm. It took me ten years to find um, a reasonable, reasonable, priced original of Last Ninja on disc. Right. 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 Whereas, whereas the stuff that I get is not necessarily. It, they're they're games that that I like. You know, like like I purchased oh, Planet I, I Golf got when it came two, out, of or I got I got you know Sam's Journey. But I also collect games that are not that are not necessarily rare, but were games that I played and had when I was younger. Like like I've got... oh, of course I got those too. Yes. Stand up because my thing is long enough for me to do this. But like yeah, like like one of the things that I I bought when I one of the first things I got when I when I started looking around at games on YouTube was this old Key Punch Software space mm -hmm. games thing. This is not rare. It's not even good. But, I know you t you told it many yeah, times yeah. in the news section. Right, but it's it's yeah. one that I had when I was young and it's like all right, like like I want I want to re refill that with the the uh, and granted I can just download the disc image because it exists online but i want this I garbage golden disc thing even if it even if the disc doesn't work i just want this thing to, to sit there yeah well in this aspect we are not different but mm. i'm doing it additionally to yeah, what you right. are doing right i'm i'm also i'm also buying original of games that i didn't have an original for when i was a child but i used to play it with my grandfather right. so but but I also buy things or this that, this that I got I got a copy of Space Rogue because I wanted I wanted the stuff like like the stuff that it comes with like the inside like the ma the the manual for your ship that's got like you know the the notes written in on it that were you know I mean it came it came with the notes there like it was a like you found this in a used ship you know you know like like you know there's like coffee stains and you know, smudges on the on the pages and stuff, and like this is like, I got this thing it's really for that. A piece of art and the math, yeah. yeah, and all the stuff that comes with it. There was a, um, it came with a, it also came with a a small novel, or not a novel, but a novella, like a little story that has, really has nothing to do with, at all with the game itself. Well, I, I have two examples myself. Let me show you. Mm. 
And of course, yeah. and of course, this the the you know the software Origin. catalog that you would just sit there and drool over everything in because everything looked awesome. I know. Here's <laughs> the thing. Here's the thing. For example, here is um, a copy for the PC for Driver San Francisco. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I have I have a second copy that is still sealed, but this copy here I got. Because I wanted to open it, mm -hmm. so I got two copies of that, and that's pretty rare because um, it's a game from 2011, and the gameplay is like it allows you to shift into other drivers mm -hmm. on the road, mm -hmm. and that's making a very good, interesting story plot right. yeah. and gameplay. And original, um, it is five years later, 2016, they removed it from the market because of licensing issues mm -hmm. with the music in the game. Right, right. So that is why I got it, not only because it's rare, but also because um, it's a very good, enjoyable mm -hmm. game. Another example that um, we mentioned we mentioned um, last episode is The Lion Kings mm -hmm. for the Super Nintendo. That's actually a republished version from I am eight bits, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's like super expensive in the original version. Yeah, and this yeah. is a re uh, this is a reprint. Was there an Amiga version of that too? Probably, I don't know, but I only knew I only knew there was a Game Boy, an NES, a mm -hmm. Super Nintendo, and a PC version. And um, this and Aladdin. No, I'm pronounced it wrong. Aladdin. I learned it's Aladdin. Aladdin, right? Aladdin. Um, I don't like the gameplay so much of it, but when, but, but as I mentioned last time, that um, that Savi actually, um, well, took over the um, distribution for UK and Germany. Oh, yeah. I was like, okay, so I don't have to pay. Um, VAT when it comes from USA to, to Germany because they actually shipped it from the Netherlands. Mm. So it was actually cheaper than buying it from the original um, IM8 bit store. Yeah. So that's, those are just two examples of um, rare games. Mm. Yeah, the, the, the Lion King did come out on the Amiga, I think. What I'm seeing here is that it was an Amiga 1200 version, which would have been probably AGA. Probably, yeah. Um, but I'm not sure that it was actually. Yeah, I'm sure, pretty sure it was released, but I don't know if it was. Uh, yeah. 1994. That's uh. Oh, there's apparently a lot missing from the Lion King Amiga release. Was it even official? Um, yes, I believe it was. But it says here in the Wikipedia about it that an Amiga 1200 version of the game was developed with assembly language in two months by Dave Simmons, who was willing to take on the conversion if he received the Genesis source code. He assumed the game would be programmed in 68,000 assembly, since the Amiga and Genesis shared the same CPU family, but it turned out to be written in C, a language he was unfamiliar with. Well, it got a score in Lemon Amiga of 7.13, so that's not too bad. It's not. I'm also that's looking not at the a... best game either. Yeah, there's also a whole thread in Lemon Amiga, which we'll link to right down there, which, why is there so much missing in the Amiga Lion King release? Hmm. 
<laughs> well, anyway, not bad. So oh, yeah. he he kind of learned the language. Oh, the, yeah. the, the, he didn't know ju just because he made the promise. Well, of... no, I think I think what ended up happening. I think what they're saying is that is that he code he knew he knew sixty eight thousand assembly, and he said he would do the game if he had access to the source, thinking it would be easy. But then he got C, which he didn't know, so he had to code the game from scratch without the actual source, and that's why it's mm. missing a whole bunch. Yeah, but but here's the thing. If you if you have to recreate it, you never get that close with the gameplay in mm. physics and so on. Right. So are you really sure about that? But someone and here it, says yeah. that the Lion King is a good conversion, and like Aladdin, it has the smoothness and graphics of a well done port. So, I'd say it's not a one to one conversion. It's a it's a port. Hmm. It's a port. Interesting. Oh, and Dave Simmons, who programmed the Mii conversion. Uh, has said, I had very little time to get the game done, and when it became clear that the source code for the Mega Drive version was in C, then it was just too big a push to get the game fully completed for a Christmas release. I had two of the other levels almost complete, but there just wasn't enough time to fully test them before release. Oh, so it was a testing issue. A t and a time issue. And testing time. time. Yeah. Nowadays you would say, like, no worries, released anyway, we will fix it later. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nowadays, yeah, but back then, it's like you, you were stuck with what you had. So. <laughs> Which is actually not entirely true. Um, there are games that where the gold master had mm -hmm. a problem, and you actually had to send in your broken copy and get a new one. Um, there are examples of such games where this happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... You would have to you would have to take care of that, yeah. and uh, there are also examples where games were never fixed and just released broken. And there are <laughs> oh, other there's examples. lots of those. I know there's lots of those. And there are other examples of um, where a game was released in a second version, you know, less difficulty and so on, mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. because people were complaining, but they didn't tell it to to the um, they didn't tell it to to anybody, so it uh -huh. was like uh, historians found it out. Yeah. One of those yeah. examples is um, Cauldron. Cauldron 1 and 2 was sold separately, of course, because they were, you know, um, separate games, but um, the, there was a release in France, actually, um, when, not only in France, let's say in Europe, right, where you could you could buy a bundle, and the bundle version of Cauldron One actually had um, less difficulty. Uh -huh. Right, right. Yeah. There is an article about that in the um, in the uh, in the sixty four wiki. C sixty four wiki. We will just link to that, I guess. Yeah. I remember. You can read about the differences. And that's also the most expensive game I've ever bought. Mm. I bought 200 euros Dang. for this collection edition because mm. it's so rare. And not many collectors know about this special version of Cauldron. Mm. I remember when I was younger, uh, I had a, a disc, one of those key punch software deals, that uh, it was a, a collection of text adventures. And it was... Key punch. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It's more like like a like a like like 
That's basically that's how they program their games. I didn't want to destroy my Lenovo that's, keyboard. That's how they program their games. They literally just went. Yeah, didn't and that's how that's keyboard. how a game came out. But uh, there was a it was a collection of text adventures. You know, like your you know Zorks and Go Left and all that stuff. You know, and one of them had an issue where you'd get to a certain point and it would just it would it would break. And I'm like, okay, well. This seems fairly obvious. I can kind of tell what the problem is already, but they were compiled basic. So here I go trying to find a decompiler. I found something finally that will decompile whatever the, I think it was Austro Speed or something, uh, that would decompile this and put it back into basic. And I decompiled it, found the error, which was a blatantly stupid, easy error. It was like a go to 15 when it should have been a go to 16 or something. Like, like it okay. just it just it just went to a number that shouldn't be there or something, you know. And I just I fixed it, and then I could play the game. But I'm thinking like, how many people purchased this, and like can't complete the game because there's an error, and they can't and they don't have the resources to go and find a decompiler and then and then fix and then know enough to fix the basic you know code programming to continue on past that. You know, like, like how many people have, have actually been able to finish the game? I mean, they're incredibly simple text adventures. You know, it's like, the, you know, it, it, you're spending, you know, three hours and then you finish it. You know, it's like these aren't, they're not, they're not Zork level text adventures. You know, these are single file basic programs that have been compiled. But, um, but yeah, I'm thinking like, I wonder how many people have actually finished the game considering the fact that there was such a blatant, and how many people even knew, even played it to that point? You know? Probably HA, you and yourself. Yeah, probably. Probably. I may be the only person to ever finish that game. And I don't, I don't even remember what it was called. But, uh. Um, was Keep on Something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's about all you need to know. Um, anyway. Yeah, anyway. Let's jump over to the punch. Well, hang no, on. I got two more. Guess... I got more news. I got two more things here. Oh, really? Um, oh, yes. okay. Brand new from DIY Chris, uh, who is a, a, a dude that makes um, make stuff for the 64. That's <laughs> there you go. Um, he has now available um, replica 1581 uh, boards. So there's no, it's it is like like pretty much a 100% compatible reproduction board for the 1581. All you need to do is uh, populate it with uh, the chips and the capacitors and all that stuff. Sit back and and spend an afternoon soldering, and you can you can build your own fifteen eighty one board. And which is close to what I would wish, but I I was talking about mechanics mm-hmm. of the drive, including yeah yeah, and over on um. Jan Beta. Okay. Um. Oh yeah, Jan Beta. I know him. He has a yes, YouTube yes, channel. Yes. So Jan Beta um uh has a limited number of um keyboards for uh, mechanical keyboards for the Amiga twelve hundred. Um it's a hobby project, it's not commercial, so we're not looking at like there's not a ton of them. You're not going to... It's not crowdfunded. Um, it's not a replica of it. It's something... 
different. Basically, he he got a couple of Amigas and they didn't have keyboards, and so he he designed this new mechanical keyboard to go in there. Barry should block our episode about the project that unfortunately didn't happen for recreating an Amiga keyboard with the yeah. Chinese hardware developer. Yeah, I would love to know what because they they said that they were going to keep trying. Uh, but we haven't heard much from them since then, so I don't know. Um, I don't know where where that's gone, but um, but I'll put. Let's link to that regardless, yeah, so yeah, people yeah, can check it out. Absolutely, but um, it's it's an interesting topic, and it's it's an exclusive interview we got yeah, there. Yeah, so. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, yeah. So it says. Um, Pre-sales are accepted. There are zero on stock. Um, I don't know if uh, you know it's it's real it's real fuzzy about. Jan Beta is a big name. He is. He will he probably is. he will probably not. Yeah, there's only over, going so. to be a very small number of these for sale, but and I don't even know if there are because it's not mass produced. It's handmade hobbyist stuff. So we'll put a link to where you can read about it and find out about the thing. Um, but I don't know if there's actually going to be any available. But there's some cool pictures of what he did, and it looks nice. I mean, like, I mean, if looks... you can pre-order it, it hopefully will be at the I end. Can... Well, it says that, but I don't see any place to pre-order on this site. But again, you know, it's it's real. The the page is pretty basic. Um, again, we'll put links to it so you can well, see. Well, Jan Beta is. is pretty easy to find on YouTube. Yeah. You can send him an email. Yeah, but the, there is a specific website for the, just this Amiga keyboard. Mm. He's got, it's got yeah, but contacting website. Jan Beta shouldn't be a big issue. Right, yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying, like, you know, I don't know how many he's going to have available. Kudos to you, Jan. Go yes, for yes, it. Yes. Um, but then that's it. That's the news I got. So Awesome. Onward and. Mm. Thus word, thusly word, Lee. Nice. So let's now let's go mobile. Mm. (laughs) Today we are talking to another podcast guest, and this time it's Michael Fisher. Wonderful. Hello, Mr. Mobile. Yes. Yes. Mr. Mobile, or, I do like that. Do like that long eye. That's nice, yeah. Mr. Mobile. I feel very refined when you guys say it. <laughs> or Captain Two Phones. As or you Captain said. Two Phones. That's right. Yeah. Nice. Whatever you like. Yeah. Call me awesome. whatever you want. Just have me on your podcast, please. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, the reason why I invited why we invited you is uh, you came into the picture for me um, seven years ago when I wanted to interview Marty Cooper. And yes. at the same time, I saw your interview like a week after I released mine. And, oh, and really? Yes. The timing was that tight? Because we're talking yes. 2015. This is when I was still at Pocket Now. And exactly. Yes. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. It was just a week apart. And, um, and I initially thought that the question, if his idea of making the mobile phone was really because of Star Trek came from my previous interview (laughs) where I asked him the question first, but then you told me, like, no, you you had another interview that I don't know with him beforehand. Yeah, so, so, no, it was the same interview I was referring to. It was that Pocket Now interview because that's the only time I've spoken with him. But I wasn't aware that you had interviewed him beforehand. I just saw him. I was at a coffee shop. I saw, I think maybe he tweeted, he had a Twitter account, 
And I was like, wow, the guy who invented the cell phone is A, still alive, and B, active on social media. I wonder if he would consent to an interview. So I reached out to his assistant. She said, yes, uh, you can speak to him next Friday or whatever. And I said, oh, my God, that's this is this is awesome. So I had no idea that anybody was doing the interview circuit with him. I had I had not watched any previous interviews. I just I ran through a series of my questions and, you know, Star Trek is never far from my mind. So I wanted to know. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah, because it was um, wrongly assumed for for a long time that. In this fake documentary, how William Shatner changed the world, that statement <laughs> oh, yeah. was really true. <laughs> right. yeah. you know? and, right. and newspapers like New York Times or something really picked up on it. And they're like, that can't yeah. be true. That and can't. it's, well, I see, I thought it was true. I was just like everyone else. And when he told me, like, I asked that question expecting him to say, oh, yeah, no, I was a big Star Trek fan and I always wanted to make the communicator. And when he said, <laughs> yeah, no, no, in fact, it was it wasn't that that is a that's a miss. It was uh, Dick Tracy, the radio watch. And I said, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And and the second reason was we also wanted a pet phone for review, and you didn't get one, but we got one. Yes, that's right. And Ooh. and then and then um, at the end of last year, I saw Nostalgia Nerd, where he picked up our review on the pet phone, and you had a statement there as well. <laughs> I did. I did. I'm like, uh, wow. A wildly um, uninformed statement, by the way. Like, I I had not done any research. He asked me for a quick blurb, and I said, yes, I will tell you what my memories were of that experience. And they were accurate memories, but I I genuinely had no idea that y'all had gotten one, that anyone had gotten one. You didn't miss much. No. (laughs) Apparently not. (laughs) Yeah. But watch the video, perhaps. It's actually a funny review. AJ did it. He he is an expert on that. Yeah. They promised us two. One to Europe, one to America. The one to Europe was sent. The one to America wasn't. And they shipped it it in a paper envelope. (laughs) So the boxes all crumpled up and... I remember seeing that clip because Nostalgia Nerd used that that mm-hmm. the, your footage, right? Yeah, I remember seeing that and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a it was a it was a phone. What an unfortunate odyssey, right? It was yeah. a phone, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bubble wrap. What was that for again? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, and that is the reason why I thought, like, finally, we should talk at least crossing our past three times. Um, yeah. in the past and I was like wow amazing and, and oh. you actually didn't do much interviews in the past years like four five but never really many no no not many I mean you know it's you know how it is when you're creating any kind of content whether it's running a site or a YouTube channel or social or all of them you know there's there's not much free time there really mm. isn't you know and uh I I just just I've been kind of Maybe that's one of the reasons it took so long, because I kind of I, I I'm very grateful to receive podcast guest invites, but I'm like, can I fit this in, or do I have a meeting or a filming session or an edit or something? And anyway, it's, I've been awesome. trying to take my friend's advice and take more time for myself this year, so that's what awesome. I'm doing. So thank you for having me. I appreciate. No problem. It. Thanks for coming. So yeah. let's let us start at the beginning. How did it all start that you became um, fancy into tech and mobile phones? And why especially mobile phones? It comes, it comes back as it often does, once again, to Star Trek. I mean... Really? I, okay. Yeah. I got into Star Trek when I was seven years old, you know. Um, 
ironically, my older stepsister introduced me to it and because she watched it and now she's not into it. And I'm I've been obsessed for 22 years or whatever. Um, but I started watching it and I grew up thinking, why wow, wouldn't it be cool if we had all of these handheld pieces of technology like communicators and tricorders and phasers? And with the exception of the phasers, um, we, you know, we have them now and they're mm -hmm. they're called smartphones. You know, when when they're before smartphones, when they were first, you know, mobile phones, just cell phones. I was like, I can't believe this. This is it was like six or seven years after I'd first watched Star Trek that these came down to a price that people like me could afford. And I was like, I, I still remember standing on the sidewalk, making my first phone call and the absurdity of leading a phone conversation with guess where I am. Yeah. Because you never had to ask that before, right? It's like, well, you're home because you're calling me from your home, right? Um, so it, 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 it really enchanted me in a way that not, nothing else had when suddenly this make-believe tech became real. And I, that was 2001, and I never got over it. I just kept fixating more and more closely on mobile tech in particular. And that dovetailed with my... Um, Having grown up in a very rural area, which is very beautiful, but not a lot to do for a, for a, an adolescent teen, mm -hmm. um, I always wanted to be out of the house and exploring and trying to find new things, anything I hadn't seen a million times before. And mobile tech lets you do that. And so this is the short answer why I don't really focus on home tech. So home tech is cool, but it's tech you use when you're at home. And is there anything more boring than being at home? No, there's not. Get me out of here. Let right. me go. Right. You could be a Switch reviewer. A Nintendo Switch review? Yeah, I mean, I cover it. I cover it not extensively. I've only done two <laughs> videos on it. Because by the time I get my retail model, everyone else has covered it to death. And I'm like, well, all right. Yeah. I'm going to round it. You know? So, um, but but your start was actually not at Pocket Now, but earlier as a voice actor. Uh, and true actor. enough. Yeah. 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 And, and stage actor and screen actor. Yeah, that's what I went to college for, as a matter of fact. Um and uh well thanks it was <laughs> uh you know i that came from a like do you ever feel like you've you look at the way you've led your life and it's almost like you've um you've taken every piece of advice from every self-help and success book and done it the exact opposite mm -hmm. oh yeah that's, that's, I, what, that's I, what i'm yeah yeah, yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah right <laughs> like mm -hmm. that stupid interview question when you're interviewing for a job and they're like what where do you see yourself in 10 years how the hell do i know man like people were asking me on my the day i graduated high school the waiter asked me at lunch he was like oh congratulations on graduating what do you want to do i said dude i want to join the navy i'd like to fly planes i want to drive trucks i'd like to be a writer uh and you know it's like yes uh-huh right so what better occupation to stumble into immediately thereafter in college than being an actor? Your job is literally to pretend to be a vast swath of, of people. And so that's what I did for, for the next 10 years or so. Um, the, voiceover, the voiceover career was very helpful. I got a gig that let me do books on tape for, for um, law students, which sounds very dry, but I actually learned quite a lot. And it financed my theater addiction, you know? Theater doesn't pay very well, voiceover at the time did. And uh, that's, how I, that's how I kind of matured over the next decade. That okay. was before Fiverr. <laughs> yeah, Fiverr. Fiverr really ripped the whole guts out of the voiceover <laughs> business, I tell you. Oof, glad I got out before that <laughs> apocalypse. <laughs>
Actually, you know, it's funny you bring that up. I was just thinking of this the other day. My cousin tried to book me for a voiceover gig once. She was working for some company that needed a VO gig. And so I sent her my rates. And I didn't hear from her for like three days. She sends me back. She's like, I couldn't get you uh, approved. Uh, we ended up going with somebody else. By the way, have you heard of this service called Fiverr? And I think that was the first time I'd heard of it. And I clicked in and I looked at it. And I'm like, oh, oh, this is the end. Got it. This is how, this yeah, is how so yeah. much skilled, skilled crafts work goes out the window. Mm-hmm. Um, no offense to anybody on Fiverr. There's, I'm sure there's great artists on it. It just, it was a real bummer for those of us who were uh, used to the old way. Well, on the other hand, services like us who do this as a hobby wouldn't otherwise be able to afford it. No, it's it's that's entirely true. I mean, <laughs> it's always a balancing act, right? It's like who do I bring aboard? Who 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 do I hire to help me with the thing that I can afford to do? And yeah, if you if there's a genuine need there, then 100%. Like I just used Canva, which I'm sure ripped the heart out of the design industry because I designed some custom graphics for myself for my Twitch channel in like 2 minutes. And because I I I cannot afford right now a $5,000 design firm to do that, right? So I, mm-hmm. I get it. I think my objection comes with like, I think my cousin was working for like a $5 billion company and they went with somebody on Fiverr and it's like, you know, screw off. You guys can afford this. Yeah. You can afford okay. good work and you can afford to pay professionals for what you actually want. So like that, 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 that's my beef, you know, it's, mm-hmm. that's extreme to me. Awesome. Yeah. And, and, and then there was a cut because then the actor and voice talent, and then you immediately joined to Pocket now? Or is there a gap in your LinkedIn? (laughs) (laughs) In my LinkedIn, boy, I should update that, shouldn't I? Um, You know, there's not a gap. Uh, It had been 10 years. I had been doing stage and screen acting and, and voiceover for a long time. And then in 2011, you know, it was one of those years. You ever have one of those years where everything goes wrong? (laughs) Okay. Every year. Yeah. <laughs> Been there. I, I, I understand. Uh, like, this was a, an exceptionally bad vortex of, of pain, you know, yeah. um, just kind of everything ended. The voiceover job ended. My relationship ended. There was like a couple deaths in the family and something else I've since forgotten. Like everything just turned upside down. And I kind of sat there and I said, well, I can go back to wireless retail. I had worked in cell phone shops selling phones because mm-hmm. I loved it and I got a free phone out of it. Um, but I didn't want to go back to that. Um, so what do I do? Well, what have I done for the past 10 years as recreation when I'm done acting or, or working whatever job I was working? Well, I would recreate by hanging out in forums and comment sections on tech blogs, sharing my opinion. I genuinely did not believe anybody would want to hear my views on tech. I mean, I, I didn't think I was all that insightful. I still don't. It, it, it's not a matter of like, I, I don't think I'm bringing all that new to the, much new to the table. But I said, what the hell? I'll just apply anyway. And I applied to like Gizmodo, The Verge, maybe Boy Genius Report, maybe not. And Pocket Now, mm-hmm. as I remember it. And Pocket Now got back to me. And they, we engaged in a back and forth. I sent them some writing samples. They sent me some YouTube requests because they wanted to head into YouTube in a big way. So I filmed like an audition review video for them, which took like days and days and days. And on February, what's today? 14, 15, 16. On February 16, 2012, they sent me an official offer. So two days from now is my 10 year anniversary in tech. Hmm. 
uh, and I've, I've been here ever since. And I, I've told people that this is what the job I feel like I was put here to do for now. Not because I'm great at it, but because I love it. It's my avocation and it's my vocation. It's what I always wanted acting to be. I want right. to be passionate about it and I want it to take care of me and, and deliver me into adventure and, and pay me well. Mm-hmm. And I've, you know, I, every time I stop to complain about this job in any way, I'm like, shut up, shut up. You're doing the thing you always wanted to do. All right. Wow. There are not many YouTubers concentrating on phones alone. Hmm. Yeah. I'm me included. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't comment. Like the, there's a, there's a translation problem with Mr. Mobile. And that is okay. that in the, you know, because of its, use as like synonymous with with cellular phones mobile phones in europe people there's often a misperception that all i cover is phones and when we started in 2016 like phones was going to be a quarter of the coverage it was going to be phones and electric cars and tablets and vr and like cruise ships you know i like uh-huh. travel i wanted to make it this all-encompassing brand but While there are creators, excellent creators, who have successfully bridged that gap, the way I seem to cover tech creates this feedback loop where when I do phone videos, they do very well and the channel grows. When I do videos that are not phone videos, people are confused. The (laughs) algorithm is confused and it, it just kind of like creates this disruption that's not great to the to the success of a channel like mine so i've leaned hard into phones for sure but i still try to take pains to remind people that no i also cover laptops and wearables and um you know the occasional the occasional home tech thing if it interests me but yeah phones are the focus for sure yeah uh, smart watches are okay for mobile phone reviewers at least that is what i learned about youtube at least in this area sure Sure. People are like, okay, smartwatches can be in that category. Absolutely, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think it's it's part of the ecosystem, right? Oh, headphones are another one, right? It's like anything that directly interfaces with the mobile phone. I find that the audience, my audience, is willing to hear about, and um, I find that I can do enough research to speak intelligently about most of those things. I think the furthest afield I get is laptops, where it's like. I I can do a laptop review, but when, you know, like those those guys are those guys those folks who review those things. Lisa, oh man, Lisa Gade, like they go into the the depths of those machines to a degree that I imagine I could do, but I don't have the passion for it like I do for phones, right? right. So when I cover laptops, it tends to be the weird ones, or it tends to be the the ones I use every day, but the ones that stand out. Then I can talk about them, like, oh look, this is cool. You think it's weird, but it's not. It's actually let me show you why it's cool, and then why you probably shouldn't buy it because it's five thousand dollars. <laughs> but anyway, I I digress. So you must be a fan of Scotty Allen, the iPhone guy, <laughs> because he 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 he's done uh, lots of stuff with mobile phones, especially iPhones, like um, bringing back the the headphone jack on the um, iPhone Seven Plus. And, and uh, stuff. And uh, oh wait, oh oh, that was the guy that that did that. Yes, yes. I think uh, he built an iPhone out of parts he bought in China. 
just all exactly. the time. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, you couldn't avoid that. That was like a week's worth of a news cycle for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I just had to look it up. Yeah, strange parts. Yo, that, what a cool idea. Yeah. I admire folks like that. Those aren't the videos I tend to. Look, I, uh, one of my least desirable traits as a creator is that I don't watch YouTube. <laughs> 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 I don't listen to other podcasts much. So, yeah. so you get totally, it. Right? Totally understand. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it sucks. It really does suck. I, I feel badly about it because when you are a good, a good member of the community, I hold up Renee Ritchie is pretty high on this list because he's, he watches everybody's stuff and he has something positive to say about everybody. Not in a condescending, not in a way that's, you know, he's, he's not, he's not throwing out compliments that are not deserved. But he's a he's a great guy to have in your corner, and he's in everyone's corner because he wants everyone to do well. Um, I want everyone to do well. I want to be friendly with everyone. I'm genuinely happy for everybody who makes a who makes a living YouTubing, podcasting, blogging. It's great. They're most of my friends now. Mm-hmm. I don't want to watch or listen or or read it. I'm right. just yeah. b- because I spend all day in it. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's like. It feels like going back to work because I yeah. can't watch a video on the weekend of a mobile phone review without. Some part of my brain always being active going, that's, she did a good job with that. That's a great shot. I should do shots like that. How can I do shots like that? Should I think about, am I too old for this? What about this take? Like, and it, suddenly it's Saturday night, it's one in the morning and I'm working. Mm-hmm. F that, man. No, I, you know, so yeah, right. I don't watch a lot of YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I see, I see. Uh, but at least you answer your emails, I guess, even if it takes a while. I mean, I mean that's so the often. thing. I mean, <laughs> as, as soon as a creator like yourself passes a million, my thought is always like, he probably is not going even to read that email. Not in uh, a lifetime. So, um, well, uh, thank you for bringing it up because I, I'm torn about that. Like, we talked about time right there's just not a lot of time when we're in businesses like ours but that's true and there's a part of me that like always remembers though every week writing into the engadget podcast with to be clear a topic that was not of broad interest (laughs) and i wouldn't cover if i hosted the show but still like I wrote in for like five weeks and didn't get a response this is before i was in tech and i was like never gonna be like that man i'm gonna be accessible I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm always going to be reaching. So, I, I, it, I ruin my own schedule by trying to, to keep in touch with everyone. But also, like, first of all, y'all are not in the, you're not just like rando strangers. You could have been in this business for, uh, decades. <laughs> it seems like, you know what I mean? Right, like you're right. part of the firmament. It's not, it's mm-hmm. not the same. I had to reply to you. I would have replied to you regardless. Really? I try to reply to everybody. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, the thing is, the thing is, we started 20 years ago as a disc magazine, and that yeah. pulls a lot of people away, saying like, "Why should I talk to them? Why would why would they want to talk to me?" You know. So sure. it it really depends. And then suddenly we started to you know going broader. And um, how long ago the, was that? Uh, the the you historical started... interviews I started 2012, and the podcast we started June, June 2014, uh, I think. 2014, exactly. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, even that, you know, it seems like recent if you're talking mm-hmm. in the context of discs, but it's not. I mean, that's a long time ago. Yeah. You know, right. that pivot is not new. So, it's cool. Right. I'm glad that you've done that too. It also gives me faith that yeah. you know, I can I can pivot again. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is. 
unfortunately, some people we interviewed in the past are not around anymore. Might it be for age or because they got sick or whatever, you know? Sure. Yeah. No, so of that's, course. That's totally a thing, you know? Unfortunately. It is a thing. I was just thinking today. I was climbing the stairs up to this office, and, and the idea leapt into my head to do a podcast. And this often happens. The difference is this was a podcast that didn't have anything to do with tech. Uh, and it, I think it might be a pretty good idea. I've got to give it a couple of days. But mm. it's odd. It's 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 rare that I get an idea that doesn't involve technology. Mm. And I think after a certain amount of time in any field, like a decade, say, you even if you're not sick of it, which I'm not, you get to the point where you can kind of do this in your sleep. And that's not great from a creative standpoint. Right. You know, it's not if you're not pressing yourself like. I'm very, you know, we used to call it, you know, getting fat and happy, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah, that's lovely as a human. It's not great as a, for a creative professional. You know, I, I feel like it's been a long time since I've pushed myself and, uh, I'm going to try and do that again at mm. some point here soon. Cool. Is that why you said in our email exchange, you perhaps want to reprint yourself this year? It is not. It's no, that's a different thing. That's a, that's more a matter of, well, it's, it's related. I mean, that's more a matter of establishing who I am outside of Mr. Mobile. Cause a lot of most people know me as, as Mr. Mobile and I would love to keep being Mr. Mobile for many years to come. And, but that persona has always been a little distinct. And to our point earlier, you know, I can't, if I want to cover, <laughs> I don't know what, if I want to cover cell, like seltzers, if I want to do a comparison video on the 20 best carbonated drinks, well, I can't do that on Mr. Mobile. Mr. Mobile is not a channel that, like, I could do it, it would get a lot of views, and then it would wreck the channel permanently. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh, wow, this YouTuber went off the deep end. Let's stop. Let's unsubscribe. So it's important to me to, to make sure that people understand that Mr. Mobile is a massive part of my life, too big in, in a lot of ways. But there's, there's more of me to to go around in terms of sharing my thoughts on the internet. Cause if one thing, if there's one thing the world needs, it's another, um, you know, 30 something, uh, American upper middle-class white guy sharing his opinions. I think that's really crucial in the of world course. today. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, a lot of YouTubers actually shifted towards Twitch uh, yeah. in the recent years. Yes. So, but of course, how would you do that with mobile tech? I don't know. <laughs> well, I do. I mean, I, I don't know if you're aware. I have a Twitch channel that I, I don't I aggressively promote. Well, it's very new. This is one of the hobbies. This is one of the reasons I didn't want to be Mr. Mobile everywhere. You know, because if you are coming to watch my Twitch stream of me streaming a 30-year-old Star Trek CD-ROM game, the Venn diagram of the audience that's interested in that and the audience that's interested in the Galaxy S22 Ultra there is no overlap, <laughs> right? There's, there's very little overlap, but I still want to do both. So I do the other one under Captain Two Phones, and Twitch is fun. Are you all on it? Oh, it's yeah. great. <laughs> what a great time. I've been missing out for, like, what, seven years? <laughs> wow, wow. Well, for, for me, you always have been Michael Fisher because I knew you before Mr. Mobile, Duo yeah. to Pocket Now, and... Um, right. And... Uh, and I didn't know beforehand until I saw the Nostalgia Nerd that you didn't get the review unit and we got it. Like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, because we had nothing to do with phones, but we had to do with Commodore because of of the uh, C64 magazine thing and they they um, preferred us. 
Well, so and they, they talked to us on the podcast, and you know, we they yeah, agreed to right. send us a review unit. And... Now, good. I mean, good for you because not only did I not get a review unit, we didn't. We were denied a review unit, and I I believe we bought it, and it never arrived. Like, oh man! We got, oh, yeah, we got fully oh, roasted. Oh, yeah. wow. oh, that's terrible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sure was. But you know what's funny? I enjoyed talking about that. And I don't know. We won't. We don't have to go into it. But like, that was one of the few times I got to do like quote real journalism stuff mm-hmm. in a in a tech in a tech sense because i was like huh seems like these guys ripped us off let me do some follow-ups let me ask for comment let me try and get them on the record let me and then you know i just put it together and i was rereading that story and i was like huh this was cool i know like because reviews are a very different thing but like mm-hmm. reporting on something that seems to affect people's wallets you know that felt yeah. like serious business for a minute so i was sort of yeah happy yeah. to be able to do that yeah, we, we got a little into it when we were trying to send the phone back because every address we sent to wasn't an actual address. Or it was, you know, we would do a, a Google Street View or something and it was like a burned out warehouse in London or some weird wow. thing like that. and Or, or just like, you know, like a, like a DHL office in Italy. You know, like right. not, not an actual place where these, they, they were. Where does this corporation exist? Yeah, like yeah. how do I send yeah. this back? You know, like I, I, you know, we're done with it and, and it doesn't belong to me, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like we put it in the mail and it would come back. All right, try a different one. Put it out, it could come back. Isn't that just wild? I mean, it's just like kind of red flag after red flag. Yeah, and you're like, yeah. Mm-hmm, I'm doing the best I can here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you actually got um, a Facebook message from Paolo Besser back in the day saying, send to this address, right? I, I remember I believe, that. Yeah, I believe he finally yeah said, yeah, he? here's an address. And it was none of the ones that we had. Oh, you did. Oh, got it, got it. Okay. Yeah. And then did that actually work? It didn't. It yeah, didn't it never came back it? to me. I don't know if it got where it was going, but it didn't. Didn't come back to me. Definitely arrived safely at his front porch, and uh, <laughs> got rained on for a little. Yeah. Bit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> wow. Yeah. What a what a strange. Is it that's still going on? Right. I mean, they're still posting allegedly, to that Facebook page. Allegedly, yeah. I mean, they're talking about doing stuff. I don't. I don't. They won't talk to us anymore after that review. Yeah, they didn't. Right. They didn't like the review at all. For some <laughs> strange. Yeah, for some yeah, reason. Yeah. 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 Telling the truth will uh, get you roasted sometimes. Yeah. God, I had to like, I finally unfollowed that Facebook page. It was just so bizarre. Yeah, it is. Like, it I, is. It's, it's you know the oddest. Just yeah. like, like here's just a picture of something like you know like. It's like if you trained if you trained a 2012 era horse ebooks bot mm-hmm. to run your Facebook social account. That's yeah. kind of what it what it what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Very strange. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it's super, super weird. Yeah. But, but they got successful somehow because they made a successor phone called the Leo. Was it so, successful though? I mean, yeah. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, like how many were actually sense. sold? Like, like, yeah. Do we know yeah. anybody that has one? Right. Like, it's different when a company like you know Samsung will come out and say like our Flip Three sold the most units ever and doubled our previous fold. It's like. Yeah, but you're not sharing real numbers, so this is kind of thing. But I see flip threes on the street, mm-hmm. right? Right, never, right. Never exactly. seen a Commodore phone in my life. Right. <laughs> Even when I paid for one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I, wow. I don't know if I believe it. Did yeah. I know? But by the way, speaking of the real Commodore, like not the brand <clears throat> exercise, did you know that my, my first machine was a Commodore 64, like my first really? computer? No. Interesting. Yep. It was a gift from a 
from a cousin, like a distant cousin of ours. And she said, we're not using this anymore. And I said, I'm eight. Hey, Dad, can we take this? And uh, we did. I think I was oh. maybe even younger. And we got a box full of old floppies with it, too. And so that was my first experience with any kind of computing device. And it was um, as formative as you expect. I got, so I got mine at eight as well. Yeah. Oh, it's right behind you. Yes. Yeah. I had the same keyboard, as a matter oh. of fact, because it was that's the 64, right? Because the which one was the one with the little mini keyboard, the, the smaller one without the function keys on the side? No, the, none of them have that. Really? They all have the function keys row on yes. the on the yes. side? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There oh. was a uh the, the sixty four there was a brown one. Like the, Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, it looked like a loaf of bread, and then there was this one, which is the the, the slimmer one. And yeah. the one the one behind you, what's the the is that just called that's not just called the sixty four, is it? This is sixty four C. Ah, yeah. okay, that that's yeah. what I had then. Yeah. So I didn't have a sixty four, I had a sixty four C. Well it's the same yeah, thing, it's a different case. Got yeah. it. Yeah, actually they made they made a third model. Mm-hmm. Called uh, the C64G, that was a combination of the first Breadwin model yeah. and the 86 model ah. with, the same, with the same cream white color that you see in the background. Yeah. Well, it used, so, yeah. it used to be cream yeah. white, now it's kind of. Now it's doing that lovely aging thing, yeah. right? Yeah, where, yeah. where it looks like it's, it's hung out and you've just kind of blown cigarette smoke at mm-hmm. it for 30 years. Yeah. yeah. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> The fun thing is, is that I did blow cigarette smoke at it for thirty years, and nothing ever happened. And then, <laughs> and, and then, you know, now it's just sitting in a in a pristine climate controlled area. And now it's turning yellow. Now it's doing it. Yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> awesome. So, so what we learned is actually you are having a lot of brands, and you keep them all separated. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, no, I don't. I wouldn't say I keep them siloed. You know, I mean, I the Captain Two Phones, my Twitter account. I'll frequently retweet the the Mr. Mobile, you know, mm-hmm. thing. And, you know, I it's it's a little confusing at the moment. Uh, it'll get more streamlined as, as life goes on. It's just what I needed to do right now. I feel like a lot of us in the world are in a bit of a transition phase and trying to determine where our boundaries are and where mm-hmm. we start and end virtually. And, you know, it's a little it is a little messy of necessity right now. Also, it gets more complicated when you play with other brands, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm doing a a weekly show with super right now which is a meta property and that's got a whole different brand of captain two phones there but the visual identity is totally different i'm right. about to launch a podcast project with with a, a platform i can't talk about it quite yet but that'll be a whole different brand you know it's wow. it's a big soup it's you know yeah, we, yeah and then whichever ones kind of pull ahead in the priority list well those get focused but mr mobile for the foreseeable future will be where i keep um the the bulk of my tech coverage yeah huh. Huh. Well, I mean, what 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 we learned so far is, as a creator, you never know actually what your um, perspective is from people who watch you or listen to you until after you get some feedback, you know, via email or comments on YouTube, and people sure. are like, "Oh, um, this is awesome," but 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 what people don't know is the amount of work you put into things happening you know um mm. like for this commodore um italy interview i had to harass those three guys on facebook for weeks like for weeks. we want to talk to you we want to talk to you we want to talk to you absolutely right and then you post it and you know like in the first five comments is somebody just kind of thoughtlessly lazily going you forgot to ask about and then just nothing and you're like <laughs> exactly. I, just, yeah. I just spent 25 days trying to get him to answer an email like yeah it's 
as with many jobs, the, 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 the work that goes into it is completely lost on a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and often you have like 30 minutes go or one hour and then you are like, okay, I have to shrink down the amount of questions I want to ask. And then exactly then people are like, you should have asked more this and more that and go more into detail and this and that. I'm like, well, no, we couldn't because there wasn't the opportunity. And uh, Absolutely. And sometimes, yeah. and yeah, sometimes you only get the chance to do interviews once. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, particularly if you uncover something that the interviewee doesn't like and then they'll never talk to you again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That fortunately didn't happen to me. It is, well, it is fortunate. Yeah. yeah. Except, yeah, except, uh, well, except with Commodore. Right. <laughs> but you know what? Good. That, that, that's sometimes that should happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's like that old th this saying, right? I mean, you, you, the the formula for failure is to try to please everybody. Mm -hmm. And uh, my buddy Super Saf, uh, he about once once a year posts. Uh, screenshots of his comments and he's, he considers that he's done a good job when he gets an equal number of people harassing him in the comments for favoring Apple over Samsung or favoring uh, Samsung over Apple. He's like, good. Did my job. Yeah. I think I've, I've, saw, I've, saw, I've seen a video of you in a while ago where you actually talked about your, your rules of doing your mobile reviews like you don't take um, mm. reviews where, where companies want to manipulate or tell you what to review about or what not to talk about right the ethics I think you call it ethics mm -hmm. your reviewer ethics mm -hmm. I was like wow he's really making it hard for himself with all those ethics like what you don't uh -huh. do and no. stuff uh, look I appreciate I appreciate that thank you but I don't my rules and my so I didn't do a video, but they're they're on my ethics page on my website. It's uh, mrmobile.tech/ethics. Oh, that, that that was it. That was it. Yeah, okay. but I, yes, I have more stringent rules than some YouTubers, but my rules are still a blend because I am I'm like a pretend journalist, and I I try to I try to focus more heavily on the on the journalism side than the pretend side, but that I'm still occupying the space between influencer and reporter, mm -hmm. so. I mean, if you want to look at stringent requirements, I mean, look at, you know, look at the Verge's ethics policy. Like they fly themselves to every event, even if a manufacturer covers uh, travel or lodging. They go and they pay for their own flight and they pay for their own hotel. When we were setting up Mr. Mobile, we were like, how much are we budgeting for this? What kind of runway do we have? Well, we just we could do it, but it would take forever to turn a profit. So we're going to say. We're not going to take money for reviews. I, I will never do a paid review, paid review, you know, in quotes. Yeah. I'm never going to let a manufacturer pay me and then review the product that they've paid me to review. That is a contradiction in terms. But if they want to say we're going to launch this in Munich and we need to have you in Munich, we'll pay for your flight and hotel. I'll be like, yeah, that's fine. You can pay for my travel and accommodation. You do not get any editorial input whatsoever. You don't get to see the review before it goes live. I'm going to ask you questions nonstop for four days or however long you have me there. I'm going to learn as much as I can. But I am not in the same space as the people who, and no, no shade, <laughs> the people who are in the business of saying, fly me to a place, pay me, and I will say whatever you want. You know, I've done that for on Instagram, but not for the, the, the products that I cover, you know. Right. This was one of the reasons that I, I kind of, wanted to get out of cars a little bit, car coverage, because organic car coverage is fun. You can do review uh, road trips and all that. But at the end of the day, 
because of the way the industry has worked, people kind of expected me not to do that kind of reporting. And so I said, well, I can either throw that out entirely or I can consider just moving car coverage mostly to the sponsored side of the house. So all of the core coverage, the mobile tech stuff, the phones, the accessories, all that stuff that lives on the YouTube channel, that's all as close to journalism as I can conceivably get it. But then if I need to run a BMW ad on my Instagram, then, you know, hashtag ad, here it is. And then, you know, I just don't really cover cars anymore. And then I eliminate the conflict of interest that way. But everyone has their own, draws their own lines. It's, 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 it's a much more messy space than it, than the traditional newspaper or, or even early blogosphere. So I just try to make it clear where I draw those lines. And I think that's all anybody can do right now. So when people watch your content, they know um, everything went right and um, you you didn't get paid to say what you said. Right. Which is, look, and you can have this debate all day. We could have a whole episode about this. Like people <laughs> then still complain because, well, they, they complain about the access journalism thing. And it's like, mm. yeah, but if you say something bad about Samsung, they're not going to invite you back. No, that doesn't happen to me. I say right. bad things right. about every brand and they still invite me places. <laughs> That being said, nice. you know, I've heard stories from smaller creators who do get a lot more pressure because they don't have, I guess, an, as much, you know, institutional leverage or, or just audience size. Mm. So I get it. These are questions that are worth asking. And I think people should ask them even if they annoy me, maybe especially if they annoy me, because then I have to say, for the 5,000th time, I say what I want. Here's a link to when LG brought me to Korea and I said, you know, you probably shouldn't buy this phone. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. here's a link to when HCC brought me to London and I said, this is a misfire. Don't get it. You know, it's like, but if, if you have to constantly demonstrate your track record, it means people care that you're telling the truth. And that's important, mm -hmm. even if it's annoying. So good. I, I mean, I mean, also, it depends a lot. For example, when you interview people like we interview you, you now, it really mm -hmm. depends who we invite. When we invite somebody who is controversial, People mm. will always assume the worst, like he knew the questions you are going to ask, right? Ah, sure. <laughs> oh, sure. I'm like, no, that's not really how we do it. We do more like con conversion type of interview, conversation, conversation sure. type of interviews, right? But yeah. so it's, it's, it's always a thing. See, that's, I'm glad you bring that up because uh, so many people don't know this about, about the podcast world. I'm, I've guessed it on a few and sometimes it's like this where I don't know what, I literally do not know what we're going to talk about when I sit down, which is kind of fun. Other times, you know, if people want to talk to me about some really in-depth stuff, I like to have that, I like to have that prep time so that I can appear on air and actually look like I know what I'm talking about. Right. Because that's one of the things that YouTube spoils you on. It's not like it's, it, it's, I've really, the differences have been amplified for me since getting on Twitch, which is like Twitch. You can sit there for four minutes trying to figure out something on a game and not say anything. And that's kind of normal to the platform, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. On yeah. YouTube, like every second of aired content on YouTube that I put up there, I try to make it intentional, well-researched and correct and well-paced. So it depends on the podcast I'm getting, right? Or if it's, if it's kind of freewheeling and we want to just have a, have a cool vibe, that's fun. If you're bringing me on, if it's like Twit, and I'm, they're bringing me on to talk about the latest Android update, I like to know what I'm talking about a couple hours in advance just so I can not waste anybody's time, right? Yeah, true, <laughs> yeah. true, true, true. Yeah. But here's the thing also with old tech. The problem is 
there are a lot of people who think they know what they are talking about, but they don't, you know. For sure, and and yeah. that and that when I when I watch YouTubers or when I see Facebook groups, and people are like, I think it was this and that way with the printers back in the eighties, and I'm like, no, that's not You're correct. Like, that's not know? true at all. Yeah. And it's always <laughs> it's always it's always you know um, tickling in my fingers, you know, writing a comment below this YouTube video saying like, you didn't do your research right. Yeah. 10 seconds Googling and looking at the Wikipedia page or whatever would have solved that. And... Absolutely. Yeah, I know. I totally get it. You know, when I have a series called When Phones Were Fun and I always look up, I'll, I try and get the history right on everything. But some of my most interesting comments are people who are like, I was there at that Motorola plant in Scotland and, uh, you got this. You got this bit mostly right, but here's something else that's you know. You got this straight up wrong. Here's how it actually was. And I'm like, oh, I'm so glad to hear from somebody who was actually there. That's really really cool. You know, usually I'm grateful for those corrections, if it's something I truly got wrong. Right. You know? Here's the thing. How do you tackle that? Because um, we when we were when we were asked if we want to participate in the nostalgia nerd video, um, mm -hmm. we learned that he's actually doing this thing for Patreon first, and then he's asking for corrections that needs to be made, and that video with the corrections will be on YouTube. So, oh, interesting. So, and then this way, in this way. Um, People that do the Patreon get the early version, but it might have some incorrections in it still. And I I'm like, and idea. I'm like, That's well, it's just a minor, it's a minor fault. It's not really important. But he was like, no, 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 I want to have it correct for the YouTube version, so I'm doing an edit. I'm like, okay. What a fantastic model. See, that's great. That, in my opinion, that's a win-win because the the patrons feel engaged in the creative process so they can take some ownership of the content which strengthens their bond between between him and them and then he gets to put out a better product on youtube at the end of the day i mean that's that's great yeah short of paying a fact checker you know that's yeah, I, right. I don't see how you could do it better i mean i mean you cannot you cannot be always 100 percent right that's a problem well of course, you do your best. in anything, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do my one of my favorite things from endlessly recording all those law books as a voiceover guy is that <laughs> the uh, the 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 notion that like to phrase it this way, um, you should do as much as much work and do as good a job as a reasonable person would expect mm -hmm. a person in your position to do, like. That gives you just enough leeway, right? Because you're like, there's always going to be somebody out there who's like, you know, you were off by a pixel on this. Or there's always going to be somebody who wants to talk about the something just inane and pedantic. But if most people would agree that you did the best job you possibly could, then you're in the clear and you can sleep at night. And I think that's a good, it's a good legal conceit that I use a lot. Yeah. And then there are alternate effects. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> well, yeah. The story turns depending on who you ask involved in the story. Very true. It's always a matter of perspective, isn't it? Right, right, right. <laughs> right, awesome. So, so may I ask you, what's your future perspective? I mean, you said you are doing your, your Twitch thing now. 
actually a news channel. So are there other adventures? I mean, you said there yeah. are some you can't talk about. So, of course, you can leave them out. But are there some others you can talk about? Yeah, so... Um... I'll, I'll reiterate the the super project is pretty fun. That's uh, a platform built by Meta where I anybody who wants to join can join. If you are not in the U.S. or Canada, you have to use a VPN, but it works just fine. Uh, and you, you can come on stage on virtual stage with me and we just chat um, about typically I put a theme on the episodes, but we can really talk about anything. And it's just a very casual, chill hang. Um, the other project, yeah, I can't talk about that yet, but it's audio only and it's going to be somewhat similar, but probably a little bit more honed, a little bit of casual storytelling. There are four podcasts I want to do. I need to find the time to do them and I need to build them right. And I probably can't do them at the same time I'm doing Mr. Mobile. So maybe they're a thing for the, the true next phase of my life. I don't know. I don't oh. know. Uh, and um, something else, right? Oh, and Twitch. You mentioned Twitch. I try not to advertise that as a content avenue. Look, when you put things on the internet, right, you want it to be good, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Every day I have to talk myself into out of that on Twitch. I have to be like, I'm 20 minutes into a stream and I'm, I realize I'm trying to put on a show and I'm like, stop. You just, you did this because you wanted a hobby. And if people show up, they show up and don't worry about the number. Don't look at the metrics. You know, it's it, it's it, right, Twitch right. makes it hard because it gives you like like uh, goal goals to hit. It's like become an affiliate. Oh, good. You've got all the things. Now you can get paid two dollars, two dollars an hour as an affiliate. And it's like, I don't care. No, stop. <laughs> I, I just want to relax. <laughs> yeah, right, right. You know, if there are three people like here, that's enough. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those it, it, there, there, there are probably others, but those are those are what I've got right now. And I should mention my youtube channel with my father which i still maintain we do about a video a year because my dad builds model ships oh. uh in excellent scale and he builds steam engines and really impressive stuff and about once a year we kick out a video featuring those it's called rapid nadion r-a-p-i-d-n-a-d-i-o-n sick plug uh but <laughs> we, we, we've been maintaining that channel since 2006. Nice. i saw that that was pretty nice that um Somebody is really doing something with with uh, his dad still. Nice. Absolutely, yeah. No, we have a great relationship, and that was that channel taught me that YouTube could be a money generating thing. I mean, we we posted a bunch of videos for fun, and then Google sent us an email in 2009 that saying, "If you don't claim your money, we're going to give it to someone else." I'm like, what are you talking? Uh, money. <laughs> what, money? <laughs> yeah. what money? What yeah. money? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you if you happen to to make a podcast episode about retro or preserving old tech, here we are. You know, absolutely. If that ever, if that ever happens, um, what kind of what kind of boats does, does it do scale models of? Just just really quickly. Dad does uh, a lot of a lot of steam launches are featured in these things. He's kind of like early 1900s steamboats. Okay, um, okay. We he also built a 13 foot long replica or. a suppose about two meter long replica of the uh, USS Kitty Hawk, an aircraft carrier that launches model airplanes. Hmm. <laughs> uh, and we've we've sank uh, a lot of Titanic models. <laughs> awesome. That's where a lot of our growth awesome. came from for a long time. Yeah. So. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's awesome. a wide variety of very nerdy things <laughs> that we have a good time doing. <laughs> <laughs> Who played the iceberg? <laughs> yeah, actually, the iceberg. We have yet to recreate that. We've done a lot of the ships. We haven't done an iceberg. He, Dad, would always ask, like, "You want me to, to make up an iceberg?" I'm like, "No, no, no. We don't have time for that." 
Zenka. <laughs> Interesting, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. So, so there's a lot more about you than I knew from you at the beginning of this interview. I'm glad to hear that. I'm this. I'm really glad to have spoken with you both. I mean, like, thank you for the intelligent questions and uh, <laughs> and for sticking with me. Because yeah, as I've said to I think 17 people just today in the very first line of an email. Sorry, I'm trash at inboxes. I apologize. <laughs> You've been yeah. waiting for a long time. <laughs> I'm I'm persistent. Persistent. Yeah. That is a quality that pays off. It really true, does. True. True. But but it seems to be that first impression because. Um, I think, AJ, you also said something along the lines. So we are talking about this guy about phones, right? No, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> no? No. <laughs> didn't you? Okay. I don't believe so, no. <laughs> you know, if, if whether you did or not, that's, to, to my point earlier, that's what most people expect. We got on the thing. Mr. Mobile, all right, well, we'll ask him about the iPhone. Who's next? Who's after him? And it's like, <laughs> no, but wait. No, but I, I want it. Okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. I wonder. Are there any other guests you would like to talk to besides uh, Marty Cooper? Oh, you know, it's funny. I don't do interviews very often, so I I don't have that at the forefront of my brain. <clears throat> brain. Um, I don't. You know, it's it's funny. It's like I don't often think that way and sometimes i if i want to have those conversations i get to so i will tell you that i got to talk motorola um absolute luminary in the mobile space created a lot of the tropes that we still use today i cover them pretty often in the wind phones were fun series and their pr department has been fantastic because i will call them up i'll literally be like because I know this is weird. I don't know. I don't want to talk to you about the new Moto Edge from last year. I don't know. No, I want to talk to you about a phone from 2007 uh, called the Aura. You only made 500 of them and they cost $2,000. Uh, and they'll be like, the PR person is, you know, two decades younger than I am. She's like, I don't I, Maybe we can. And within 20 minutes, they put me in touch with the guy who designed it. Or, you yeah. know, the guy who led, who led the team who designed it, and he's still an employee at Motorola, even though it's been bought twice since then, and he still heads up a team that's mostly still intact, and he'll talk to me for an hour. Wow. Like, it's... The, I, I didn't mean to make this a Motorola plug, but that's the first thing that leapt to my mind when you asked, like, people I want to interview. And you don't see those interviews, because I'm not set up to do that, and really the, the format of my channel doesn't really lend itself to, to interviews, but when that can happen... It's so cool. I geek out just tremendously. That, that happens at Qualcomm events, too, because Qualcomm invent, invites people to Hawaii. You go, you cover their news, but they invite their partners, too. And so you get, like, the same Motorola people or, like, T-Mobile people. And I'm like, oh, so you're the one who's in charge of the 5G deployment in Brooklyn. Can we talk about this for a second? Because I want to, you know, and having that kind of geek access uh, is is really one of my favorite parts of of this thing, and you don't see it on the channel, you right, don't, because right. again, yeah. So, I did not answer your question, but I hope that was interesting to hear. Otherwise, yes, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I could I could make an input here. I had this I had the same feeling when um, I know AJ doesn't like I go off the rails here, but I sh <laughs> I, right. I have to mention it. I have to you mention can, it. You, because... you may indulge. <laughs> because because some years back, I think it was also 2015, I read that the inventor 
the fin the Finnish inventor or Finn? Do you say Finnish or Finn? I think either way. Yeah. Either way. Either way. Okay. I think so. so so the inventor from Finland of the SMS died. Of and, short message service? Oh, really? Yeah. And 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 mm. I and I read that news article. And I was like, no, that's not true. The inventor of SMS was German. No kidding. Yes. So I wrote an email to Friedhelm Hillebrand, and I asked him like, can we do a historical interview together? And he is like, yeah, sure. And I was like, can we do it in English? And he was like, yeah, I, I speak English all my life when I was a technician for for the German uh, for the German Postal Service, because back in wow. the day they did also te telecommunication. It was like, sure, we can do it in English. So. And I really wonder myself why nobody else interviewed him ever about this. And, uh, yeah. and he said, like, no idea. Uh, but but, but uh, this would be another guest. I mean, he still, he still likes to do interviews. Yeah. <laughs> He's still around. I think he is, like, 83 now or something. That's super cool. I've always liked SMS. Of course, it's back in the news now with iMessage versus RCS and all this stuff. But, like, I've always appreciated the cleverness of sms like the system wasn't designed to do that the control channel over which they are sent was not designed to do that it's just meant to like be a avenue of communication between the phone and the network for utility services but they yeah. found out they could run 160 characters through there and in the process it was more reliable than any data session or anything else because the control channel has to be open all the time brilliant i love that and now yeah. of course we it's not good enough for us. We need red receipts and we need attachments and that. Ah, give me SMS. <laughs> so, so if you still have a gap somewhere in your in your content, yeah. invite Friedhelm Hillebrand. Yes. He is a wonderful person to talk to. Keep that in mind. He shares the last name with Jerry Hillebrand, so or it might be spelled differently. It'll be easy to remember. Is my point. <laughs> I shall send you the link to that interview I did. Please, yeah, no, I'd it's, like to read it's, that. It's it's actually a YouTube video. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to keep it open in a tab and listen sure. to it. Yeah. Sure. Like it's fiddle. it's the only English interview he ever did. Um, That's so. really cool. I <laughs> please no please link me as soon as we're done here. I would love to check that out. Yeah. So and I know you said you don't like guests. I mean you you don't like guests. I mean you don't you don't plan <laughs> to have guests. Sorry, right. I worded that wrong. But but <laughs> he okay. but he would be a person to invite like. Thank you for the you know, referral. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Mobile talking to the inventor of SMS. That could be a kicker, you know. Damn it! I wish I wish you told me this ten years ago. It really would have landed then. Now it's like half my audience is like SMS. What? What? Is, what? <laughs> and then someone next to them is like the green bubbles, and they're like, Oh, ew, no. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> ah. Uh, we have a real problem in America with that. Yeah, yeah we do. Fifty percent of do. Americans use the iPhone. You know? Yeah. Adrian, I'm preaching the choir, sorry. Yeah. But but didn't you say some minutes ago sometimes you have to make content you like? Samsung A fifty two, it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sometimes you have to make a decision about what kind of content you're gonna write. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 Interviews get more precious when people are dead, unfortunately. True. And that enough. is the way it is. Yeah. That people are suddenly rediscovering the interviews, like Wow, somebody did an interview with him like 10 years ago when he was still alive. Incredible. Yeah. But of then course, you get that, yeah. well, then you get that wonderful duopoly of comments where it's like, you know, thank you for posting this heart care emoji. Then right below that, if, he, if, if I'd interview him, I would have asked him this. 
terrible interview. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> now you're right, though. That's an interesting bit of it's an interesting truism I hadn't thought about. They do get more precious when the subject passes away. Unfortunately. Of course, yeah. when you invite people for interviews, you can't be like, can I interview you while you're still around? <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. getting up there, dude. You know, maybe. Uh, right, yeah. Maybe, uh... You know, before it's too late is what I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> <laughs> nice, 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 nice. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful! I'm very happy that you are so versatile in your in your personality and content, as I learned. Thank and I'm you. really looking forward to see what you are coming up with this year. So do I. Thank you. I look forward to seeing if any of it works. <laughs> Wish of me luck. Of course, of course. <laughs> yeah. I hope we can stay in touch, and you let me know. Of course. Yeah. Um. How active are you all on Twitter? Because, as I say, that's where I typically pretty, spend the most time. Pretty active there. Yeah. Yep. 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 I am positive that I probably don't follow you yet because I'm bad at that too. Let me do that right after this. Sure. Would you, would you mind linking me when you send me that yeah, the sure. other interview? Sure, I'd sure. You, I can I can email you everything. Like, Thank like, you. Like our Twitters, the interview, whatever. Perfect. Yeah, please do. Oh yeah, yeah. Now I would like to share this too because it's been a great conversation and I don't think I've said anything incriminating or put my foot in my mouth in a big way. So I, you know, <laughs> yeah, I think I'll share if, it. If anything, <laughs> then we did it. <laughs> yeah, but 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 this is not live, so it's all good. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. And um, and we have our PR person who can stop any shitstorm. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good I, PR person to have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you are laughing. We actually had the situation that we said like, should we really interview this guest because he will probably cause a shitstorm. <laughs> who was? Can I ask who that was or not? Yeah, no, no, yeah, no, you, yeah, you can ask because we can. Oh, we'll take, you can take it out. Ask. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, oh, hang on, I... wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Stop it here. Okay. <laughs> so, <I was> gonna... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so that's a, that's a little story you have to cut out in the end. But yeah. Um, yeah. thank you for for the for the behind the scenes look. I appreciate yeah, that. Absolutely. <laughs> but of course, in your field, you don't have such personalities that are. <laughs> Well, so, so... I wouldn't say that. Eh? I wouldn't say that. No, there's, there's. I mean, Commodore is not the only company to take my money, or the, they're not the only uh, brand owned by a shady company to take my money without giving me anything. Run, you guys remember Runcible, mm -hmm. the the round um, smartphone from 2015. MWC no, I don't know that. Yeah, I do. I do. AJ, you remember it? I mean, just Vaguely, beautiful. Yeah. Walnut backing stainless steel. It was running. It was going to run the the Mozilla OS, and then it was going to run Android and stuff. Well, they had production issues, um, but they still took a bunch of Indiegogo money, oh. including a thousand a thousand of hours, mm. uh, and um, have never delivered the product. And wow, that's a bummer. We wrote them up at Android Central uh, last year, but uh, yeah. It's just uh, buyer beware, as always, with crowdsourcing pro yeah. projects. And there are many even worse stories than that in mobility. So I would, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Wow. Yeah. Well, my start into this mobile world um, and YouTube actually was I Justine, and she's oh, still really? around. Are we? Are we? Are we back into recording again? Are we? Have we? Have we... <laughs> Probably right. <laughs> I don't know. What yeah. is it, Michael? Yeah, yeah. You can insights? come back. Yeah, come back in. The the, oh, okay, the okay. Runcible thing is all public, so yeah, oh, okay, use all okay, use sure. that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Um, we didn't ask him. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. I appreciate it, Andrew. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. Indeed. So, so I Justine. Yeah, not only she's still around, she's flourishing. I see her at events, and she's always among the hardest working people there. 
uh, but you would never really know it because she always acts as if um, she is having a very chill day and nothing is going wrong and she is not producing any content, which is, of course, the opposite of how I am when I'm working, which is like, what? What? I'm, I'm work- Leave me alone. I'm sorry. Yes, it's nice to see you, too. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just, you understand. <laughs> Sweat on the brow, you know, just mm-hmm. arm pit stains. You know, Justine is the opposite of that. She's, uh, she's just grace everywhere and her sister jenna as well they're they're really wonderful so they, they were here on ramp into into tech yes into mobile uh, tech? Yeah, actually yes and um i think the first video i saw from her was her parrot flash on facebook facebook pick this this uh, music video that was the first thing i saw of her that what must the... have been 2009 wow wow uh, yeah. I want to I be a Facebook pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God, that's that's Lord. just it's it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. You know, it doesn't seem like that long ago. And then you put it into words and like, oh, yeah, that was yeah. That was literally 13 years ago, 14 years ago. That's exciting. 13, 14, 13. I don't know. It doesn't like that. <laughs> More than 10 years ago. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Those, this, this is how this is how I got into this world, actually. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I never told this to anybody. So, oh. <laughs> and then, like, what kept you in it after that? After being exposed to that, like, what? Well, then YouTube became a thing. Everybody was like, "Did you see this video on YouTube?" And like, yeah. so it became a daily thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, then you know how how the algorithm works. When you watched one video, it suggests you another, and then you keep watching, 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 you know. Sure. Yeah, it's like yeah. A, an an early an early form of TikTok, except not yeah. terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. And we, and we this... started producing content. It was originally audio, and then uh, one of our guests uh, was like, "We've prepared a backdrop, and they're getting we're getting you know, my partner's getting dressed in the other room and ready to go, and we're like, oh, I guess it's a video podcast then. <laughs> so <laughs> completely by accident. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh. Okay, we don't want to waste the backdrop. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. And this is how we happen to be on YouTube. And and mm-hmm. but still, still, um, the the podcast is the strongest point with half a million downloads yeah. and wow. uh, and stuff. But but people, of course, when you they look still on the YouTube mainly, and then you have to explain no, it's our byproduct. YouTube is yeah. not our main thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we used to do that with the Pocket Now Weekly all the time when I was hosting that podcast. The the flagship product was actually the audio podcast, but we would cross post to YouTube for those additional exactly. views exactly. and to keep that channel exactly. engaged. Right, yeah, right, of course. exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and then of course, you know, I was making a list of guests who I want to talk at HA2. And then, you know, some people got involved into scandals and we had to remove them from the list and stuff. <laughs> well, I'm yeah. really happy that you caught me before my next yeah. scandal because this was great. Yeah. In about <laughs> six days, uh, some news is going to break and no one's going to want to hear from me. No, <laughs> I hope. And that's yeah. also what I, what I enjoyed about you. You're always super relaxed, you know. Well, it's, I'm, I'm glad to know that that veneer uh, is holding steady. Uh, it's not true at all. My legs have been bouncing this entire time now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I'm not as relaxed I, as AJ. AJ's like I, I'm trying to be as him. I'm trying to be as chill as you, man. <laughs> Actually, you remind me. Do you? I don't. I, he can be sometimes polarizing, so I hope you take this as the compliment I intended because yeah, I yeah. really love him. Do you? Are you familiar with Daniel Rubino at Windows Central? Not entirely. No, 
I know the name. I feel like I I've been know. hanging out with him for the past hour. You're just like him. Like okay. very, very chill, chill energy. Very cool dude. Okay. Uh, his office does not have as many things on its wall, but otherwise identical. Okay. <laughs> I love your office, by the way. No, thank great. you. Thank you. as well. Uh, your, your cabinet behind you is great. Sorry. This is great for an audio product. I really, yeah, this is great radio, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Huh? <laughs> you, you, totally, you totally missed our interview with David Fox. I don't know if you know Maniac Mansion, the old computer game where you could oh, put the man. hamster into the microwave. I, yeah, I think we've all heard about that one. He asked, he asked David Fox, so what, what do you have against hamsters? Yeah. <laughs> That's a great way to set a tone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I remember hearing about that game when I was in, what, elementary school, junior high, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. 87. Yeah. 87. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Should I play that? Should I play yes. that on Twitch? Yes, you should. It's a great game. I might. Maniac Mansion. Is it like Hugo's House of Horrors, like that kind of like it's, adventure? It's like a, yeah, like a, like it's like a Monkey Island kind of thing where you're just, you okay. know, walk that way, pick thing, you know. It's, yeah, pick thing up, dudes use, walking use key around on the door. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, right, just, yeah. Okay, I will add that to the list as soon as we get off the air here. That sounds great. <laughs> so I have to send you a couple of things in my emails, mm, yeah. yes, like you do. like like how to contact Friedhelm Hillebrand. That that um, hamster interview mm -hmm. and the and the other one with the SMS, right? Absolutely. Also, the Twitter handles too. True. True. Yes. yes. Okay. Just, at this point, I'm just dumping work into your lap. I'm yeah. Well, sorry. All right, it's, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, we we are doing twice uh, two podcast episodes per month, mm -hmm. and you are the second. So great. Yeah. Well, I will look forward to, to hearing this on the air. I have to, speaking of podcasts, I should probably go prepare for yes, indeed. my super show in yes. an hour and a half. So, hmm. so awesome. then we will ask, where can people go to find out what you're doing and to follow along at home? Absolutely. Thank you. I think the easiest way to do that, if you're on Twitter, is at Captain2Phones. That's the handle, Captain, the number two, phones. Uh, on YouTube, my principal product continues to be at the Mr. Mobile, T-H-E-M-R-M-O-B-I-L-E. -E. And lastly, because of some damn squatter, on Twitch, uh, I had to spell it differently. So I'm Captain Two Phones, but it's spelled out. Captain T-W-O Phones. Hopefully I can get my real handle back from whoever has it. But that's on Twitch. So thanks. And awesome. th th this has been an awful lot of fun chatting with you guys. So thank you thank for you. Uh, making it such a welcoming space and for, for doing your research. Thank you for sitting <laughs> with us. <laughs> no, I had seven years to, to, to yeah. learn my homework, but I didn't know Fair about point. the Switch. Twitch thing and you know so yes. well, gentlemen thank awesome. you again thank it's you been a, it's been a really great time and I look Keep forward to touch. following you on Twitter yeah please send awesome. me those awesome. links I'll follow you right away okay awesome talk All to right, you then bye bye thank you, <laughs> thank bye. you. Thank you.